I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. The renowned artist Roy Henry Vickers joins me now to talk about the latest book he's written with collaborator Lucky Bud. A is for Anemone. It is a book uh, for young readers, and it's a marvelous showcase of uh, his art. Some of the works are well-known, like Eagle Moon or Cywish Rock, and a terrific way for children to get introduced to the iconic imagery of the West Coast that Roy has evoked in his art. As it's a book for younger readers, the folks at uh, Harbor Publishing have put out a sturdy board book, one that is... uh, Beautifully embossed, which adds to the illustrations. I'll ask Roy about this book, Reaching Young Readers, Working with Lucky Bud, who will uh, be on the program in the coming days, and what motivates him as he works. Uh, One gets a sense of uh, the uniqueness of the West Coast here in British Columbia, where Roy has lived and worked. I'll ask him about that, too, and more. Roy Henry Vickers is a renowned carver, painter, printmaker, and storyteller. He is the illustrator and co-author of the best-selling First West Book Series and Northwest Coast Legends Series. These are books that are perennial bestsellers and critically acclaimed, shortlisted for all the major book prizes. Visit RoyHenryVickers.com for more as well, as uh, if you go on there, you'll read about his gallery in Tofino, which I'll ask him about. It is uh, fitting that... uh, Roy's on the show now as I begin my 18th year doing the podcast. He first appeared in 2013, and this is his sixth appearance. I've uh, always enjoyed talking to him, as you'll hear why shortly. He joined me from his home near Hazleton, British Columbia. Please welcome back to the Plant Online program, Roy Henry Vickers. Mr. Vickers, good morning. Good morning, Joe Planta. I'm coming to you from the land of the Gitsen on the beautiful Skeena River in northern British Columbia. You know, it really is beautiful because I see your posts on Instagram every morning, or mo- most mornings, where you're having coffee on your deck there, and you, you show us the, the, the skina, and you show us the, not just the water, but what was surrounding it. Um, it, it, um, it means a great deal, doesn't it, to you? It does. The Skeena River has been a big part of my life, well, my since I was born, really, um, and yeah, every day I, I post a little thing, and and most of the time I put a haiku in there mm. because it's all about the nature's nature's beauty and healing properties. And there's nothing better than I can think of to live where I live and look out at the Skeena River and watch all of its moods and uh, all right now all the changing leaves. Yeah. The river's dropping, and it'll continue to drop now until the middle of winter yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what is it um in in the summertime it must be beautiful oh powerful powerful everything turns green this far north mm-hmm. in the like now the leaves have all turned and by the end of october the october winds will blow them all and the trees will be bare until may uh-huh. So it's uh, and when the leaves start coming out in May, the cottonwoods just scent the air with this incredible scent that's also known as the balm of Gilead, mm. uh, which is spoken of in the book Voices from the Skeena. Yeah. Uh, but then the June comes, and Alberta might call themselves uh, the place of wild roses, but we have wild roses, and in June. You can smell them all through the valley. And then the cottonwoods release their seeds uh-huh. in the middle of summer, 
in and they're like little cotton balls. That's why they're called cottonwoods. Yeah. And when you see them drifting through the air, it's like snow in the middle of summer. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not to say that they don't look nice now. I mean, you showed us this morning. Um, the, the the leaves the, the changing on the trees. It's, it's it's still very beautiful to look at them as they turn from green to uh, I don't know what color that is. Sort of oh, uh, all colors: yeah. orange, yellow, brown, red. Yeah, it's, this is my favorite time of year. Late summer. The first frost came last night, yeah. so now there are no more bugs. Uh-huh. And uh, from now until well, this is hunting season goes through until just before Christmas, and I we live on wild meat. Mm. I'm back to living the way I used to live as a young man up in this country, yeah. where uh, the, the grocery store is outside. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, it got pretty hot um, over, over the summer with, with the so-called heat dome. Did, did that affect you up there? It, well, it was very hot, yeah. but we had the perfect balance of heat and sun and rain so this summer was more lush, and the growth is incredible, more than any summer I've seen so far. Like last summer, mm-hmm. it rained, and the river was high, 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 right through until November. And this summer, it was far more natural. The heat melted the snow early, so the river came up, and then it went down, and summer just was beautiful. So you, have you been up there for, for the last year and a half or so, or, or have you been able to get away or go other places, say? I've only left once in the, mm. since COVID. Yeah. And uh, I went to the gallery, uh, but it wasn't for a gallery visit because COVID was there and yeah. I couldn't do storytelling or anything like that. Yeah. But I can be with you here and tell stories. Indeed, indeed. By the way, I went to, um, I think it was two, three years ago, when I went to uh, to Fino with some friends. Um one of the places that I had to go see was the gallery. Yeah. And what strikes me, um, I, lo- I saw photos of it uh, online uh, on the website the other day. Um, it, it, the way that it's built, um, did, did you, did, you obviously supervise that, right? I designed it, actually, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my brother's company was the construction company that built it. So, uh, yes, I was... I, I and my, my friend Henry Nola, who's passed on to the other side now, we carved all of the totems that are inside. We painted and carved the front of the gallery. Mm. And Henry adds every board on the walls of the gallery by himself. Really? Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. an incredible experience building it. And when we built it, people in, in the town were wondering, well, what, what are you doing? What what?" This is a gallery. There's no windows, and how come it's so big? Like, who's going to come here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny. Yeah. But I had an inside, uh, an inside straight because the hoteliers were the ones that pushed me to mm. to build the gallery because their their visitors had no place to go, especially when it was raining. Yeah, and they just said, "Roy, build the gallery, and we'll send our people to you," and they did. Yeah, it's be- beautiful inside, but I, what struck me as we were looking at the pictures the other day of the outside, um, yes. j- just how it, um, I mean, it's not an t- t- old building, but it but it, it feels like it's been there forever. <laughs> and it, it, yeah. it's beautiful that way, you know what I mean? Yes, it has an incredible 
spirit to it, really, yeah. um, because it, the design was inspired by my ancestors and the buildings that have built been built here for thousands of years prior to contact. And, oh, I have to share this story with you. Yeah. So when it was all built, um, I wanted a music system in there yeah. so I could play the music that I worked to so people could listen to my music that I work with. And the day that we had, I had this friend from Victoria who used to work with Sony, and he, he installed the music system. So there was stereo everywhere you go in the gallery. Mm-hmm. And anyway, the day before we opened... Uh, so it was the end of May. My mother and I went into the gallery, and I said, okay, you sit here, Mom. And I went and put on... Uh, oh, uh, the Hallelujah Chorus. Mm. And I went out, and I sat beside my mom. And it was like we were transported into the heavens. Mm. And that feeling, that powerful feeling of spirit has been in that gallery since that day. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, mean, I can't wait to go back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. It's a, now I live so far away, so when I go there, I want to go through the front door, not the staff door at the back. <laughs> and I want to feel... Yeah. I want to feel it, and it's, it, I mean, I, I, it's been part of me for all of these years, and every time I walk in there, I can feel what people feel. It's just a, it's incredible that you can be so excited and yet feel such peace, both at the same time. Yeah, and it's a place that, that I felt like I knew even though I'd never been to Dofino, I'd, you know, I'd never, I'd never been there before. Yeah. And it, it, I, I think it had to do with you and your work. Um, I uh, bought a print when I was there, while I was there, um, and it's, it's a, a print of, of something that I've talked to you about um, before. I think the first time I talked to you a few yeah. years ago was, was um, just how much Cywish Rock meant to me. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. um, so it's in A is for Anemone. It and uh, just as Eagle um, Moon is there as well. Yeah. Um, I did notice though with Cywish Rock that uh, Chief Dan George, we don't see him in this version. No, no. That was done just especially for the book. Actually, I should say that many of the images that are in the books mm-hmm. don't exist anywhere else. They're, they're, they were done just for the book. So it's very, every time I look at them, I think, oh, I should do a print of that one. Oh, I like that yeah. one. I, I should. But Siwash Rock, no, I took uh, Dan's face out of it because it was so small and would be so hard to see. Yeah. But but it, it, because of the embossing that's in, in um, this edition, yeah. um, it's like it's taken on a new life. I mean, yeah. I, I see yeah. Dan, Chief Dan George in it. Yeah. Even though he's not in it, because I've, I've looked at this the, the, this work of yours for years. Yeah. I have a print in my office here. Um, hang, um, it's it's not hanging at the moment because I'm short of wall space, but it's it's here uh, against a chair, so I can look at it. Um, but but it, it, that's the, the 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 great thing about these books, especially this new one is for Anemone. Um, you're bringing the, the these iconic works. To, to new readers, younger readers, and presenting them in a new way almost. 
Yes, it's thrilling. And the children, well, the parents, too, love the books, especially because of the the overlay of embossing and the kids kids love the colors mm-hmm. uh, my art teacher said one of the one of the benefits of you being partially colorblind is you use strong colors not they're not strong to you but yeah. they're strong to people who can see all of the colors and strong colors evoke emotion in us and children especially because they seem to be far more into emotionally intelligent than people. They love the books, and A's for Anemone is was such a joy to work with with uh, Lucky Bud because we chose the West Coast mm-hmm. and everything we could think of of the West Coast. And Anemone was the first idea that came to me for A because. Of course, I grew up with him being an ocean boy, mm-hmm. but I I always had a hard time pronouncing the word. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody explained to me or suggested, well, if you think of any money, yeah, yeah, then you can remember how to pronounce the word. So now it's just anemone just rolls off of my tongue. You know, you mentioned colors. I got um, I thought of. Um because there's brilliant colors in your work and in this book. But the, the, the color that really struck me as I was reading A is for Anemone was gray, which people wouldn't think of a, as a color. You know, they think of it as a shade. But, but the, the page where it says rain falls gently in straight lines, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like rain very much. <laughs> but when I, when I saw that with the, emboss, the beautiful embossing and then the different shades of gray, um, I can't tell you how, how I've, I lingered on this page for, for, for a good 10 minutes or so. Nice. Um, because I felt all those things that I felt about rain. And, and it really is beautiful at the end of the day, isn't it? It it's, is. It's yeah. refreshing. It's, it, it's a beautiful smell sometimes, especially when it hasn't rained after a while. Oh, I love the smell. Um, I should just share with you here yeah. that... Um, we have a word in our ancient language, and it, it's really hard for for the uneducated tongue to pronounce. Mm-hmm. But it's Huxian, Huxian, and it and Yain is a word for clouds, and Huxian or Huxian is all of the moisture that comes from the clouds. Mm-hmm. So Xian is the name of the Skeena River in the Git Xian language, and Git is people. So Git Xian are the people who are born on this river. And Tsum Xian, which is where I was born and that's my nation, literally means in the rain. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I don't hate the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've certainly needed it over the over the last few months. Oh, so, so I goodness. miss it. We but, were blessed with it all summer. Were you up there? Yeah. And I actually felt guilty seeing all of the lush green, no smoke anywhere in mm. our skies. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, this idea of bringing um, the beauty of uh, the natural world that surrounds us here on the West Coast to young readers. Um, that's important to you and Lucky, isn't it? Yes, it's a 
it's always been important to me because we grow. So I walk in healing. I've dealt with addictions. I mm -hmm. continue to deal with addictions. And one of the greatest places we can receive healing is from nature. So the way I, the way I put it is we are not separate from the environment. We are part of the environment. We are not separate from the land. We are part of the land. And if, when you go back to, well, my mom and my dad, they're gone. Or they're buried. And they are part of the land. Mm. But I am part of them. Their blood and all of my ancestors' blood and DNA runs through my veins. So if, if, if their DNA is in me and they are the land, then I am the land. And when you think that way, you cannot help but respect and cherish the land in a very special way. So, so young readers will, will obviously know that reading you as they, they have growing up, uh, new readers as well. Why, why do you think it is that as people get older, um, some people lose sight of, of their responsibility towards you know, the rest of the world, the, the natural world especially? That's colonization. That's mm. money. And the world runs on this false economy that we call money. And it's become part of everyone's lives. When you're a child, money means nothing. When, when the people lived here prior to European contact, mm -hmm. there was, money was nothing. Everything was nature. Everything was food and shelter. So... The, the way our villages existed for 5,000 years before contact was from the land. And there was always this respect for the land because we are part of it. And what we do to the land, just like Chief Seattle said, uh, we didn't weave the web of life. We are part of the web. And what we do to the web, we do to ourselves. So what we do to the land, we do to ourselves. And, the, and we're brought up with this weird concept that we have dominion over the earth. And the earth is, is only there to provide us with what can turn into money. And it's just, and we're destroying the land. We're destroying the world. And the pressure is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're feeling it in the, envir in the environment itself. And when all is said and done, if we can't grow food and be attached to the land, we have nothing. Money will mean nothing, nothing. So it's very important for us to remember these things. And it's easy for children to understand, and that's why yeah. I work so hard with Lucky to get these messages to young children. Yeah. Because we are their mentors. And so it isn't just me um, teaching this. It's me living this. So when I speak about it, children know that it's part of my life. And they can identify. They can feel it. They can identify with it. That's one of the things that I admire a great deal about you, uh, getting to know you over the years, is that... Um, uh, I mean, it's easy to get angry or get frustrated about what's going on in the world, but, I mean, 
what you and what you and Lucky have done is made art, and I can't think of a better way to deal with, you know, what's going on with the rest of the world than that. Yes, art is a, it's always been a very powerful message for people, and I, I just hope that people continue to listen. And Lucky, when he first uh, how did this happen? Oh, it was Voices from the Skeen. That was another mm. book we did. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I was 16 when my family left the North Country here and moved to Victoria. Uh, but I went away to residential school, and I came back to Victoria when I was 17 to my family. But I felt like a displaced person because I was with my family in this house, but it wasn't my home. Mm. My home was on the Skeena. My home was in this valley up north. And so I always missed this country. And I used to go to the museum in Victoria to study my culture and learn who my father's people were. And in doing that, I made friends with all of these people who were building what's now the, the Royal BC Museum. Mm-hmm. In those days, they were all working away in the background, and I got to go and meet them and look and see what they were doing. Well... When I was there, the museum was putting out uh, quarterly magazines with uh, cassette tapes to go with them. And they put out this one magazine, Paddle Wheels on the Frontier. And I put that tape into my little cassette deck, and I sat there listening to it. I walked around the streets of Victoria listening to these voices from the Skeener River. Mm. And... Eventually, trying to find those tapes, I found Robert Budd of Memories to Memoirs. Yeah. And I called him, and, well, you know the story. That, that's how our friendship began. And, and you guys hit it off right away, didn't you? Totally, totally. Yeah. He was like a son. Yeah. He was just, and he's, you know, he's younger than my oldest son. But he, when he heard the stories, he just said, Roy... We have books. We have books here. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at him like he was crazy. I'm like, what? I'm a storyteller. These are stories. They're not meant to be written in books. Well, yes, that's because for thousands of years, that's the only way they could be told. Well, now we can put them into books, and thousands of people will be able to read them that you will never be able to reach with your voice. But, of course... You and I are doing that right now, aren't we? Indeed. You know, it's funny. You, uh, you, uh, you're not doing an impression of Lucky. I just talked to him the other day. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly. <laughs> I can, I can, I can hear him say that to you, <laughs> yeah. with that marvelous enthusiasm that he has. Yes, he's just this, this go, 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 go. Yeah. And so, that's what he felt about me was, well, yeah. you, you just know what I'm talking about right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys work. It's obviously a creative endeavor, um, and I would assume that two different people would have differences from time to time. Um, your work, though, is a collaboration. Um, you know, another thing that some people would assume because you've been doing it longer than he he has yeah. that um, um, he is the younger person would defer to you, but it's not. That's not the sort of relationship that you guys have, right? Um, yeah, we, we, I get impatient sometimes when he's, because of his energy, Mm. (laughs) and I have to keep reminding him, listen to me, Lucky, 
Just listen to me. Don't try and figure out what I'm saying. Don't interpret. Listen. Feel what I'm saying. So we get it. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, Roy, I'm sorry. And then mm-hmm. he'll, he'll grab it and run with it. So it's really a, it's like a mentorship to a son, but it's also him inspiring me to go beyond uh, my system of, of communicating with the world. So we're a good pair. Yeah, and I mean, it, 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 has it made you more productive? I guess you're busier than ever, aren't you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, here I am. I'm just, I, I look at myself, and I'm 75 years old, and I have done more images since meeting Lucky than I've done in my entire career. <laughs> I mean, you just chew on that one for a yeah. while. What? Yeah. Well, how long is your career? Well, 45 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, how can that possibly be? Well, because it is. Yeah. <laughs> so so how do you find it, Roy, to, to find the, say, that not just the motivation, but the inspiration to keep working? I mean, um, uh, images, uh, creating images, whether they be uh, through, through painting or through carvings, um, you know, people would think that it's tough after 45 years to, to come up with new ideas. But, but So how do you do it? That's a good one. Well, I'm glad we have some time to do this. Yeah. Okay, so every day, I'm just going to do this with you here. Sure. Every day I center myself. I look to the east where the sun rises, and I think of that great yellow ball of fire that comes into the world. And I know that east is the way of the teacher, and the face is the face of the child, the human face. And the instrument is the bell. So I hear the bell, and I ask that my eyes and my ears and my heart be open to the lessons available to me on this day because I'm a teacher and without lessons what do I have to teach as a teacher I look to the south the way of the healer and I think of the beautiful earth and the red ochre that comes and I think of the drum the drum is the instrument of the healer it's also the heartbeat of of life and I ask that the knowledge given to me as a student helps me to see my healing journey and walk in healing. And if we walk in healing, then we become healers just by osmosis, just by being. So then as a teacher, and the face is a woman, and I think of all of the women that have led me to healing and, and led me to be emotional. And I, I realize that I'm part of my mother. She's part of me. So I'm part woman. And that I don't have a problem with that. I actually enjoy it, and it helps me to emote. Mm. So as a teacher and a healer, I look to the west where the sun goes down and darkness comes to the world. And we can't see in the dark, but we can see with our vision. And all of us human beings have this vision. So as a visionary... I ask that the healer and the teacher help me to see my road clearly, my path that I'm on, so I can lead in a good way. Then I look to the north, the way of the elder, the way of the warrior, the way of the leader, and I ask that I stand in the strength and truth and beauty of who I am all of my ancestors helping me. 
and that I walk in a good way and I lead in a good way in this world. So that's my centering exercise. So as a teacher and a healer and a visionary and a leader and now a warrior looking at, at, at decolonization, mm-hmm. there is, inspiration is a spiritual uh, happening. If you look at the, the Latin in spiritus, it literally means the breath of God respirating us. Mm. And it comes through the top of our head in the frontal cortex where all of our emotions and creativity are. So creator, creativity. So if I'm plugged into that every day, I have no problem with creativity, mm. with inspiration, because it comes every day. It comes to talking to you like this. It comes looking at the leaves falling outside. It comes from a myriad of places. And there's so much inspiration available that at at 75 years of age, I realize if I have another quarter of a century, I will never get to be able to do everything I want to do. So please help me be the teacher to give this knowledge to whoever is open to it. That's it. You know, that's enough to inspire, you know, everybody listening to us. Um, I, 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 I really feel that as I, I, I read your books or, and I, I see your work. You know, I, it, it comes through and, and I'm sure, well, I don't know, I'll ask you. Do, do you feel like um, future generations, generations unborn, will um, understand your work in the same way? me reading Emily Carr. Uh, I understand what she was talking about. I understand her messages. So I, I, I believe when we create from inspiration that the, the creation is greater than me because it's, it's all of my ancestors, mm. it's all of my teachers, it's, it, and it, it's a divine, um, it's a divine, it's divine. Yeah. So if I continue to create from that place, those yet unborn, and I, I loved hearing that come from you, because when we're in a sweat lodge and we're looking to the east, the way of the teacher, and the face is the child, we, I speak of the child that I still am inside me. And I speak of all of the children not yet born. And what we do today will affect their lives after we're gone. So, yes, I believe that what I'm doing will affect the, those who aren't even born yet. Yeah, because, I mean, art is really the only thing that lasts nowadays or has lasted over the last, you know, several hundred years. And I, I can't... Yeah, thousands. Big indeed. cave painting. Indeed, yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, can't, I can't see why people a hundred years from now won't look at your work and, mm-hmm. and hopefully understand the lessons that you, you've, you've tried to impart, you know, through your career. Yeah, that's my prayer. Yeah. Did you think about legacy that way? <laughs> I never did. I uh, and actually, when I met Lucky and he suggested doing my biography, I said I, 
I'm not old enough for that kind of stuff yet, Bucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, for me, what's important is that I stay plugged into inspiration and I continue to do what I'm doing. So I'm working on another book right now that my children have bugging me to do since Raven Brings the Light, our Bucky and I's first book. Uh-huh. And they just said, Dad... You have to do. You have to do the story of Ben the Sea Lion. Right. That's yeah. better than all of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> so I just finished it. So he mentioned that to me the yeah. other day. Um, I, I can't wait to talk to you about that. But but um, this um, when he when he mentioned Ben the Sea Lion to me, and um, the the um, what I was thinking about was this connection that you have. Um, not just we've already talked about the connection you have with the with the, the natural world, but, but creatures other than humans. Um, that's something you had at an early age too, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, you're born in our culture. You're born with a crest, and in the village of Kitkatla, where I'm from, it's either eagle, which I am, mm-hmm. raven, whale, or wolf. And when you're born into that crest. You learn all of the stories of that eagle or that whale or or the wolf, and you learn from the animals. And it's interesting that all of those animals mate for life, and all of them are completely tuned to the seasons of the year, to the 13 moons because it's all about shelter and food and raising children. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. So I've, uh, I've grown up with a... Uh, gee, that's funny. Here, here's something. So I'm on this big ship, and I'm one of the speakers on this boat, and we're going on a tour to Alaska. Uh-huh. And we're off of Haida Gwaii, and we're going to visit there, and it's my birthday, June 4th. And that day, this whale, this humpback came and breached. And, and it was put over the loudspeakers, and it breached again, and again, and again, and again. I've never seen this in my life. Yeah. It, it completely circled the boat, and then it left. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm just thankful that... This has happened on my birthday. And what it reminds me of is that, Roy, you stay tuned to the natural world. It's where your life is. It's where all of our lives are. It's what all of humanity depends on, a healthy environment. So my connection to the eagle is my eyesight. The eagle's the best fisherman in the world, too. Uh-huh. But it's 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 the eyesight of the eagle, so vision. So, yeah, very very tuned to to animals and birds. It's a marvelous way to look at at um, the world around us and life itself. I think is 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 if we because I I, I don't, I've never you know I've never had pets or anything like that, and I you know. Uh, People frighten me just as much as they animals do, um, but it's it's a you know it's a it's a way of understanding who we are too I think and 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 makes life easier in a way if you if you look at it that way. Yeah, I was just reminded uh, when you when you were speaking there of um, 
unconditional love. Mm. So every human being has the right to be loved unconditionally. And I think of a dog and how they love you no matter what. Yeah, yeah. That's unconditional love. And how there are few, so few people that I know that love themselves unconditionally. And if we can't love ourselves that way, how can we ever love someone else that way? Mm. So, again, you learn from the animals that you, you, it feels wonderful to be loved that way. So if it does feel wonderful to be loved that way, then that's the way we should love. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, a is for anemones out now, and we urge people to pick it up. I've been buying copies for uh, friends who have new kids, um, and uh, it's just a beautiful book. Uh, you mentioned Ben the Sea Lion. When does that come out? I haven't. I just finished it. Ah, I see. So all of the images have gone, and my story has gone. It's the first one that it's all my. Well, all of the books that Lucky and I have done, like the Legend series. There's another thing. Those legends are thousands of years old. Yeah. They've never been written in a book. Mm. It's incredible to look at Raven Brings the Light and see it there, to look at Cloudwalker and see it there. Um, so now it is for Anemone to see all of those images that have been a part of my life since I was born, to see them in a book that other little children are going to read. Yeah. There, It's the the satisfaction and pleasure and excitement are are inexplicable and it's it's beautifully presented too the the, the material is is quite nice and yeah. i just i it, it brings it i mean these are some some of these images i've seen before obviously mm-hmm. but um because of the embossing i feel i feel closer to them now than than, than ever before and it, because I'm holding them in my hand, say, yeah. and it, um, I can just imagine the, the, the wonderment of, of, of a child looking at this and being yeah. just as moved as, as you've been, right? Yeah. And you mentioned Siwash Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a powerful image that came so many years ago. So some of the most, well, the two most powerful images, uh, and I say powerful for other people. Mm-hmm. Like hundreds of thousands of people have responded to Eagle's Moon and mm-hmm. Siwash Rock. And when I look at them, I feel the same way. So now I see them, and they will be presented to these little children. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, indeed. I have um, uh, enjoyed talking to you, as, as I always have. And I'll look forward to the next time we chat. Um, you know, I, I hope you've been well the last um, year and a half or so that we've all been going through what we've been going through. Yeah. And uh, I wish you all the best. Well, Joe Polana and the commentary, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. You are an inspiring person, and uh, I'm glad you're doing what you do. Thanks for this, Roy. All the best. The book is called A is for Anemone. It's uh, from Harbor Publishing. Visit RoyHenryVickers.com for more. Roy Henry Vickers, join me on the line from Hazleton, British Columbia in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.